also with 2021, it's not certain what will happen. And also with my yep. health situation, we have to see after some months and some years what would happen with the bad cells, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then let's see, let's see. In fact, I am building a book, Travis, this oh, is good. a premiere. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm doing a book from the experience of uh, bulbar carcinoma and, and what happens yeah, uh, with everything. Yeah. Just to show the people that exist this type of cancer and also as a, as a sport woman, what can happen if, if you wear uh, wrong clothing or you yep. have a lot of friction, how yep. to take care, also the sexuality and also the uh, doctors that yep. uh, treat me, yep. that also they will, they will write a chapter about talking about this type of, of, of problem. A playlist original. Hey folks, Travis Macy here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, if you're a first-time listener, thank you dearly for joining us. And uh, if you have been following the podcast and you're back for more, uh, thanks for coming back. You know, I tell you what, I feel like we're gaining momentum. I think in some ways the episodes are getting better and better as we move forward. And uh, once again, it's just great to have you along as part of the team. Uh, awesome episode today. I interview here my friend Emma Roca. Um, if you happen to watch The World's Toughest Race on Amazon Prime, you saw Emma featured there um, quite highly with her team Summit from Spain. Um, Emma's a good old friend of mine from the world of adventure racing. Uh, she's also a mother of three, she's a world class ultra runner. Uh, she's got a number of big wins to her name, including the Leadville 100 and Run Rabbit Run 100. Um, she happens to hold a PhD in biochemistry, which she recently le- earned in her 40s. And uh, Emma is just an exceptional person. She, she's a great family member. She's a great friend. And um, I'm really glad that we can share this conversation with you. Uh, we talk about world's toughest race. We talk about some of the ultra running adventures we've had together. Um, Emma has really been a um, pioneer in male-dominated fields like firefighting and adventure racing. So we get into that. And we also get into Emma's um, recent and ongoing battle with cancer. And uh, boy, I tell you what, I think you're going to be pretty impressed by uh, some of the things that Emma says here. Uh, Once again, guys, if you get a chance um, on whatever app you're using for the podcast, if you have a moment to uh, rate the podcast, review, and subscribe, that, uh, that really helps us. All right, uh, let's roll. Here we are, Travis Macy Show with Emma Roca. Hola, Emma. Hola, ¿cómo estás? Bien, you too. How are you? Bien, fine, here with Mariona. Yeah, hi, Mariona, how are you? Hola, ¿qué tal? ¿Cómo estás? Estás en... Estamos en Molins de Rey. I'm in Barcelona, near the hospital, because tomorrow I have a a visit, a doctor visit, and then we just came down from the Pyrenees, and David is working right now, so I came down with the kids, and then I stay with my parents this night. Okay. 
Very good. Well, good, good for you. I'm glad that you get to see the parents. And uh, thank you, Emma, so much for taking the time to be on the podcast here. We're so glad to have you uh, and you're taking time in the, in the late evening uh, overseas. So uh, thanks a ton. It's always such a pleasure. You're welcome. Always such a pleasure to see you. Me too. You know, we are friends from many, many years. You are like a family. So no problem for me if I'm available. I'm very proud and also very happy to talk with you again. Oh, well, thanks, Emma. Absolutely. I, uh, you know, actually to start off, I wanted to share two quick Emma stories because uh, Emma Roca is, is uh, one of the one of the folks who's kind of become legendary uh, in, in the Macy family and with our extended family with stories from, from racing and life and those kind of things. And uh, the, the first one is a racing story. It's my first memory of you, Emma. And I don't know if you uh, remember this or not, but I think it was in 2005, <laughs> early 2005. Um, it was an adventure race in Mexico. And it was a three person race. I was going with, um, Dave Mackey and, and Danelle Ballinger, who are, who are both close mutual friends of ours. Uh, and, uh, it was, it was so hot, this desert race. It was hot. It Hidalgo. was Hidalgo. It was Hidalgo, no? Yeah, probably was um, Hidalgo. Extreme. Rivas, Rivas Brothers. Yes. Brothers yeah. Yeah. Organizers. Yeah. So extreme adventure, Hidalgo and, uh, you know, a very competitive international race. And I was, uh, I was still, in, I was in my final year of, uh, college. And so I was very, uh, young and green in the adventure racing world. And, uh, I remember in one of those stages, you know, we'd been going all day long, just struggling through the heat and, and, uh, Dave Danell and I are, are, are hiking up this super steep, uh, road you know in the in the mountains and we're carrying our bikes because it's way too steep to ride and we're just kind of plodding along you know survival mode and and all of a sudden someone comes out of nowhere and, and basically runs past us carrying a bike you know and we've got sweat in our eyes and we look over and we're like what is going on here because the hell is <laughs> yeah what in the world because it was a lone person and 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 then you know we, we're like oh man who who is that who is she and and you just strided past us you know and, and we couldn't even figure out you know we're suffering so much we can't even talk and we're like oh well i don't know <laughs> maybe that's just because someone. the spaniards the spaniards and the heat we are friends you know <laughs> yeah yeah well we we were not it was i think the race was in january so we're coming from colorado you know where it's cold and snowy anyway we were having problems and uh and then a couple minutes later here you come running back down the hill going the other direction past us without the bike so it, it seemed you had you know stash this bike you were carrying up at the top of the hill yukas yukas yes. bike i was taking care <laughs> you're coming back down and and you know we're like oh man what really what's going on and then a few minutes later was when you came back up with your teammates and and like you said i i still remember that your teammate yuka who um some of the listeners he's, a Finnish. he's from finland yeah, so he's from finland. he was suffering a lot he exactly. was suffering a lot yeah yeah and he's a younger guy you know he i think he's probably about my age so we were both you know kind of new to yes. this stuff and um anyway you came back up helping him along um you know, with your teammates and, and you guys passed us again. And, uh, you know, who, who knows who, who won the race or who lost the race or whatever, but it was, it was not a good memory and just something I, uh, I always chuckle about, um, when, uh, when I think of you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, good experience that time. I was young. In fact, now <laughs> yep. It would be kind of difficult right now, but 
in those years. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, no. Yeah, well, we all have the, the ups, the downs, the times when we feel strong and, and the times, you know, that, that we don't. And, um, you know, that's really one of my first questions to you, Emma, is, is you know, when it, in, in my mind, and I, I know a lot of people who've been around the block and, you know, adventure racing and ultra running and military business, whatever. Um, but out of all those people, Emma, you, for me, rank among the tops when it comes to resilience and just kind of a, a never say die attitude. And I think we'll get into some, some various areas of your life where that has played out, whether it's adventure racing or ultra running or firefighting or your PhD or kind of the, you know, the current battle you're with right now that that's brought you to the city. But, but, but the question is, where did that come from? Like, what was it like to grow up in, in Catalonia? What was it about your, your parents, your family, your environment that, um, that bred those mindsets of, of resilience and just to hang tough and don't take no for an answer? Well, in fact, uh, being a multitasking girl, and especially in a world where the men seems to be uh, the ones that are building everything, and it's kind of hard, but for me, it was the beginning of doing some sports that are were supposed to just be for boys. And then I, I, I had to fight for that from the beginning. When I was seven, six years old, I remember in the school, they were playing basketball and soccer and, and I was asking to be part of the team. And then the organizers and the rules were not supposed for girls. And I said, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoy and I love to play with my teammates, especially soccer. So I changed my name, and at eight years old, I changed my name. I just, uh, uh, as, a, as a boy, I was, yeah. uh, I don't remember which name I choose, but imagine, <laughs> it was from the beginning because I wanted to do things mm -hmm. that were not expected for girls. Yep. And that made me fight for. Uh, I am a person who give up because why we have to put the borders if the society puts many obstacles, rights for women and for persons and for all the humanity. And when something is not uh, um, fair, you know, mm -hmm. and then uh, I fight for it. Also for the prize giving in mm -hmm. Spain, many, many years, Travis, I was winning many races mm. and I was having the third or the fourth uh, prize compared with men. Yeah. So they just paid me nothing mm. compared with them. Wow. So I had, I, I, I had to fight for, for the equality, for the quality. I had to fight for the rights to be recognized as a good sport woman. And that made me that when I choose also a job, like firefighters. I was the fourth firefighter, firewoman to came into from 2000 men. So mm -hmm. we were just the beginners as a firefighters in, in Spain. And also, that was also a fight to yep. just say to the people that we do the same work yep. because we passed the same exams and we did the same things, but mm -hmm. we were more prepared, of course, uh, in general than compared with uh, many women. But didn't, this doesn't say 
because we are few, we are not valid. Come on. Yeah, Why yeah. not? We yeah. are few, but we are valid. We can mm -hmm. do things. And then ultra racing, it's all everything. It's, it's a, I, I just choose my life of many challenges, many mm -hmm. achievements that were, were not easy. And then when it, they came adventure racing and when it came in my life, ultra running, it was mm -hmm. not difficult for me because I was uh, used to fight for the things, the difficult ones and also yeah, the yeah. long ones. Because being young, there are many, it, 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 it had been not only one year of this type of uh, discrimination, no, no. Yep. I've been living with these discriminations for so many years. Mm -hmm. Can you, uh, yeah, well, good, good on you for fighting the battle. And it's just, it's, it's so important. And I'm, I'm still shocked, you know, when I see some sports where there's more prize money for men than for women. And, you know, especially in cycling and mountain biking, uh, even when I started racing in mountain bikes in the early 2000s, I couldn't believe it when I get to some of these races and there was more prize money for men. It just, uh, it, it seems, seems ridiculous. Um, it, can you, anything about exactly. your parents? Exactly. That, uh, what, what did they think when you wanted to, to do the boys uh, sports? <laughs> were they, you know, did, did you have to battle against them or were they into it or? Well, I, I was had, I, I was lucky that my mom was also very modern mm -hmm. because when she was 18 years old and this was in 1950, 1950-something, uh, she took the car and went to Madrid that it's uh, 600 kilometers from Barcelona alone. So she was wow. a kind of spirit, uh, very active and she never wanted... Uh, the others to help her because she was a woman and also because she was the uh, daughter of someone. No, no. Mm -hmm. She always fights for her work and for everything. And I yep. think that this kind of plot I have in my, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. my body because <laughs> yep. she's my mom. And also my father was very active as a sport uh, man. He mm. was the first that I see him with uh, mountain skis. Yep. The skins from his skis were from, uh, uh, they were not synthetic. They, they were yeah. really from the- From an animal. From the, yes, exactly. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so it was like the, the origin of, of mountain skiing and, and I saw him always playing sports. So, and, and also the loving for nature. We had yep. a house in the mountains, in the Pyrenees. And even if we lived in Barcelona, in the big city, every weekend we went to the mountains. So this gave me also uh, the pleasure and and the loving of uh, having the outside and the activity all around the Pyrenees. Yeah, yeah. All good. Cool. Let's get into that firefighting a little bit. You know, you said you, you wanted to be a firefighter. There's not many women. You probably had to push through a lot of barriers with paperwork and regulations and uh, that kind of thing. What was the what was the training like? Was it physically demanding? Was it mentally demanding? Were the, were the men surprised to see a woman who could, uh, you know, who could carry the weight or pass the test? It was the firefighting. Uh, it was difficult because uh, many people wanted to get into. Uh, imagine 2,000 people and only 120 places. So you have to fight 
uh, against 2000. Mm -hmm. So, and also the test, it was very physical, also mental, because it was, um, this is not easy. Mm -hmm. uh, because when you are nervous, everything can happen. <laughs> it's a big mm. track. And uh, also they give you some exams of uh, psychological type of exams you know mm -hmm. and uh, they ask you and they made you some personal interviews of why you want to be a firefighter which are your best skills which are your worst etc etc so it was not easy it's more than six months of exams mm -hmm. so and you have to be fit all the time and you cannot get injured one of the things that i had to stop was from doing adventure racing or competing because mm. if i got injured during the process of being a firefighter then uh, it was over to continue so it, it was kind of um, difficult hard long yep and and very woof. A lot of competition. <laughs> lot yeah, of yeah. Wow. It sounds yeah. like kind of right up there with maybe the challenge level of uh, an adventure racer, an ultra runner. Yes. Nature. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. And now with your with your current work, I, I know you still do the, the firefighting. My, uh, yes. I, re I recall hearing that, uh, um, you know, you work in the, uh, in the Pyrenees in, a, in the mountains, kind of a, a rescue firefighter um, type unit. And, and I remember chuckling about, you know, when someone gets lost in the mountains in your area, if, if the person is still alive, the firefighters go, so that's you. And if, if, yes. if, if there's been a, a death, then it's your husband, David, who yes. is also a very good friend of mine. He, he's a policeman and he does the, I guess the police go. The for, mountain. Yes. Yeah. The is that the way, service, is that the way it uh, works? Yeah. Yes, exactly. He, they, they do the, uh, the inform from the judge uh, and they arrive to the places that normal police cannot arrive. So it's kind of a ranger, you know, that they, they can go with ropes, with helicopters. They, they have skills in skiing, in vertical climbing, in uh, river uh, crossing and, 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 and river going down. So they, they are very prepared. They are really adventure racers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? And, yeah. But they only go when the person uh, unluckily died, and then they do all the papers that the judge needs mm. to have the conclusion if it has an ac it has been an accident or perhaps perhaps a murder or who knows, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. So they have to do things. But when someone is lost and you don't know if he's alive or she, uh, then both me and David were yeah. uh, wow. together doing the the research rescue and and it was really nice to to find him you know <laughs> he yeah. as a policeman and me as a firefighter yeah and i've been in the rescue team for seven years but i stopped i just came back to normal firefighting mm. because it was so risky with yep. the helicopter i had the three kids really young and we had an early accident we had a very bad experience and the helicopter nearly touched down and oh, wow. for me it would be the yeah would be goodbye you know yeah and wow. then i i put in a in a balance the good the positive things and the ne negative ones to be yep. uh, as a mountain rescue uh in the mountain rescue team and then with the kids too young yep. i decided after seven years 
to come back as a normal firefighter because yeah. with a helicopter everything can happen and if the pilot has some little mistakes it can be a uh, a big big disaster yeah, yeah. so and wow. um, you had you have to imagine travis that you go when the people it's getting out you go when the sun light goes down you go when the climate is really oof, uncomfortable when it's yeah. raining or snowing so you go to the limit always yeah to find yeah. the people and to rescue them and also rushing because yeah. perhaps this person oh, yeah. has problems has uh, really bad problems so uh, going to the limit is very risky. Yeah. And if you put a helicopter on, more risky. Yeah. And if you put a pilot on another operator that you are in their hands, yeah. more risky. Yeah. So it's not easy having three little kids, you know, yeah. being in that part. Yeah. So after seven years and after this uh, nearly accident, I decided to, to quit from mountain rescue team. But yeah. it was a great experience and for me it was the best. Yeah, I, I enjoyed a lot and I, I felt really uh, useful, especially when you are really uh, easy in the mountains, you know, yep. because yep. I love skiing, I love mm -hmm. ice climbing, I love rock climbing, I love biking. So yep. it was all the disciplines that I was used yeah. uh, in the work. So yeah. it was perfect. Yeah. Was perfect. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I get it, Iman, you know, just that uh, we all go through changes in perspective when, when big things happen in life. Uh, you know, having kids obviously exactly. is, is one of them, you know, a health scare, whether that's it's your own or someone else's. Uh, you know, for me, my dad's Alzheimer's, That's that's been a big thing that, you know, really kind of flung things sideways and and i know going into this this last big adventure race the the world's toughest race in fiji which which in you fiji. guys did as well mm -hmm. and many if if the listeners haven't watched that yet on on uh, amazon prime i i recommend it you know i think it was a good production emma shows up on there a lot i think it's a very authentic portrayal of of you and your teammates <laughs> and the hardships and yes and also your team the team the, the teams the 10 teams that they were following we are really proud to be part of, of the, yeah, I think the so. story. Right. Yep. Yes. And there were a lot of good stories, you know, many exactly. stories they could have told and, you know, they just, they got to, they got to pick and choose. But, uh, you know, I think going into that race, I, I know that um, I had some conversations with, uh, with Danelle and Shane, uh, my teammates about, uh, you know, we, we all have kids now and this was kind of for, for us, the, the first real big race for, uh, all of us, uh, you know, since having kids and, and it doesn't mean we're not going to push things. And in fact, I think a, a race can actually be a good time to push it a little bit because you do have exactly. so much support. You have the other teams, you know, exactly. you're, you're not alone like you would be out in the Pyrenees or here in the Colorado Rockies, you know, especially in the winter, a lot of people out here in Colorado, man, they go out and they don't think about things like, like avalanches and, and the potential risk they're not only putting themselves at, but exactly. potentially rescue personnel, as, as you've highlighted. But anyway, we just, you know, we kind of, you know, talked about, okay, things will be a little different here. And obviously it was different for us anyway with, uh, you know, not being a competitive team and more of just, you know, going, going out there and having the experience and hanging in as long as, as long as we could. Um, so yeah, things, uh, you, you know, it's, it's the nature of, of life. Things, things ebb and flow and change over time, but you keep, you keep hanging tough. Um, exactly. exactly. No matter what, just briefly, Emma, what else should we know about, uh, Catalonia? Um, I, <laughs> I've been lucky to go there. I went there for the first time, actually, when I was, 
um, probably 19, I had finished my uh, sophomore year of college mm-hmm. here at CU Boulder and um, a good friend of mine, um, his mom uh, is uh, from Catalonia and they have a, a house there. So we got to go stay uh, on the beach and, um, you know, experience the culture a little bit, but overall just have a good, you know, college kid kind of time. Uh, and then since then, we've been able to come back uh, and visit a couple times, visiting you and your family. And and I just, I got to tell the listeners, Emma, to get to your house is this, it's like this incredible journey back in time. Because you start in Barcelona, which again is a very modern city, but has some excellent history as well. And then from there you drive, I don't know, something like two or three hours north into the mountains. You go mm-hmm. through a few kind of um, secondary cities. I remember maybe Puchera, if I'm Puchera, saying it right. Yeah, Puchera. Exactly. So, so those yes. are kind of small <laughs> cities. And then you get yeah, to- In the Pyrenees. Yeah, so you get you get to a village that uh, you know again is is kind of a blast from the past. You got the cobblestone streets, old architecture, uh, you know, winding narrow uh, sidewalks and streets. And then from that village, you you kind of take another road to the final village, which is your village. And, and this <laughs> this thing, it's this it's like this 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 little walled, uh, you know, I don't know what to call it other than a village. But there's like what maybe five or ten houses um together and and uh, they're they're kind of all walled in but with with these old stones and i think all of the construction is over a thousand years old right yes it's from the 1100 yes 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 it's very very old and in fact we have we have the church that is called the mm-hmm. uh the sardinia cathedral so it's it's the most famous church from the area mm. and it's very old and we have the cemetery and everything so it's it's really nice we have uh, uh, an amazing uh, patrimony we have an amazing history there and uh, being in the Pyrenees just we, we live in the way that uh, the conquerors uh, of Rome cross from the south of Spain so oh, we wow. are on the way of Unamuno Rey de los Unos no with the elephants and everything all because we they found uh, some uh, little pieces of uh, coins mm-hmm. and also weapons that in in that uh, from uh, 100 before Christ with with the Romans uh, it's amazing, no? To have this history yeah. just close at home, and also the Pyrenees are really good for training, for mm-hmm. living. Yep. Um, in fact, David, my husband, who is a very good rider and he loves uh, cycling, yep. he does it all the year, even below yeah. ten, because yep. it's really dry. It's mm-hmm. a very dry, uh, cold, and and you can do biking and. And then in 15 minutes, you have the piste, you have uh, Molina, Mazelia, a ski resort that you can do a lot of type. Uh, we can do Nordic skiing, we can do mountain skiing, we can do alpine. So very close to at home. Uh, the problem is that during three, four months, it's really cold. So for the old people, it's not comfortable. Yep. But for the teenagers like us, no problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I enjoy yep. a lot all yeah. the sport activities on winter and on summertime. So, yep. and in summer, uh, Sardinia is the most um, shiny valley. So we yeah. have the sun 
all the time and mm-hmm. we can enjoy the good uh, temperatures and yeah. it's not too hot yeah. so a good place for living while you are active yeah yeah it's it's so cool and i you know i I want people to know about it uh, so they can, you know, go see or learn about it. I, I don't want everyone to go there because I don't want it to change. Uh, but just that, that historical perspective, I, I mean, you know, here in America or in Colorado, I mean, we see these things that we think of being so old, you find some cabin in the woods and, you know, it's, it's 100 years old. And the, the house that you live in is 1,000 years old. It's just, it's, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> it's, yes it's a lot of years of difference yes <laughs> and what, what else about um catalonia culturally i i know for you know ma- many of us in the in the u.s we have a narrow focus and you know it's like oh europe is all one monolith or uh, you know oh spain is spain and you know going and visiting you guys i found out that that you know this area of spain catalonia is is actually quite a bit different culturally, historically, um, even politically from the rest of, of Spain. What are, what are your thoughts on that? What should, you know, what should, what should the American audience well, know? In fact, I'm not uh, political. I'm, I'm really, uh, I, I feel good in every place I live, you mm-hmm. know, even if it's in Catalonia or if it's in France or if it's in Italy. Mm-hmm. Where I live, I love uh, the people and the area. But in Catalonia, we have uh, a fight from many, many years ago about the independence because mm-hmm. uh, we are a community that work a lot, that have a lot of... We give a lot of money to Spain, but they don't give us back many resources, many um, highways or public transport. You know, we mm-hmm. feel that we give a lot and we receive less mm. and some of the other parts of Spain uh, it they have the opposite as we have mm-hmm. and Catalonia we are really workers we work a lot and and we love our country and and also if we had the respect from Spain we would be more comfortable about all that you know because mm-hmm. if they put in value all our effort, no problem, but it's not the case, you know. And then from many, many years, we were fighting for the same rights and, and the, the options for the businesses and, and from building all the infrastructure, everything that around the Barcelona, Girona, Lleida, mm-hmm. all the big capitals from, from our country. Well, in fact, it's not, it's not a country that we want to be one yeah, of yeah. <laughs> uh, in the future. But let's see, because right now, Travis, it's very difficult to find good political people, good politicians, yep. you know, mm-hmm. even from Catalonia. Uh, mm-hmm. um, all the people right now, because of the COVID, uh, we are really mm, like cold. Mm-hmm. We are upset. Uh, mm-hmm. We are um, a little dem- not motivated. You know, yep. uh, because they didn't make a good um, work on that. They mm-hmm. didn't help us when they decided to close businesses. Mm. They didn't uh, give us the good protocols to yep. avoid more um, people with the COVID. So, mm-hmm. um, but they still have their paycheck at the end of the month. They still have their normal life. And uh, mm. as a politicians, that they earn a lot of money and say, what are you doing for that? Because mm. we are paying you for that. Yep. So right now, 
people we are we have some election we have elections uh the middle yep. of february and we don't know who we have to vote and yeah. you ask people and we are really wow mm, how i say uh, frustrated you know yep Yep. It, it's a frustration of uh, looking them and and saying what happens with the country, with the people in Catalonia, especially we have very active people, a lot of businesses. Uh, we are the Mobile World Congress every year uh, as a Barcelona capital. We have yep. been on Olympic uh, Games place. Uh, we, we have a lot of resources and, yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and possibilities. Mm-hmm. But if the politicians don't do the right work, everything is for nothing yeah and so people right now with covid and with the economy uh is really sad and and frustrated yeah well yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry to hear that and i know the the covid fatigue i mean that's that's everywhere and um for me the the word that comes to mind is uncertainty you know it's uh um, exactly. It's a big challenge. Exactly. We, we don't know uh, what to do. Exactly. There's, uh, you know, it, it happens to be that we're recording this on January 7th, the, the day after, uh, in, in my opinion, some very, you know, internationally embarrassing behavior on the part yes. of, of some Americans, uh, you know, with storming the Capitol. And, and again, it's yes. just, it's, it's uncertainty. People are, are really feeling that and that's allowing, you know, certain groups of people to feel empowered or, you know, rise up and <laughs> represent our country exactly. in a way that, that you know is definitely not representative of most people on either side of the aisle but anyway i sure hope by the exactly. time listeners hear this that things are maybe feeling a little uh, more settled uh here in the u.s and abroad and and then hopefully you know this uh, really black eye in the country is is behind us um but that that word uncertainty that might be a good transition to this this world of of the racing the endurance racing ultra running um adventure racing uh what I, you know emma you've done so much in your career with that you you uh you and your team were adventure racing world champions i think it was that 2011 sometime around then do you remember what year that was 9 10 11 something well, like that i started in 1996 i started in driver it was an adventure race in catalonia Mm-hmm. And I started in 1995 and 1996. And then I went to Rivalas, 1997, South Africa, 1998 in uh, Ecuador. Mm-hmm. So long time ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, um, it, it, for the listeners, some of the old Eco Challenge races are on YouTube if you search for them. And, uh, and you can see Emma on there. I know the Argentina, <laughs> I think, is that 98 or something? Yes. Um, I, yes. I, I had a blast watching that. I had a blast watching that, you know, because that's before I, before I knew you, but re-watching it, it's like, oh, you know, here's, here's a young Emma and, you know, many <laughs> of the other, you know, my adventure racing friends, whether, whether it's, uh, you know, Mike Closer or Rebecca Rush. Exactly, or, exactly. You know, Ethan Adamson and <laughs> Uh, even those old eco challenges, Nathan Fave, who uh, viewers yes, might have seen on yes. the world's toughest race. You know, that's Christina Strotheni, yeah. a lot of people that they were great. Nathan, Nathan was the now. young, the young Kiwi, you know, coming up yes. at that time. And now, you know, obviously exactly. experienced guy who's yes. been around the block uh, forever and ever. Exactly. But as, as you think back on 
um, you know, the adventure racing, uh, again, where you were a world champion or the ultra running, you know, you've won a lot of big races, including in the U.S. Uh, Leadville 100 and Run Rabbit Run, you know, a couple of the biggest 100 milers here. Do you, you know, what stands out to you? Do you, any particular races that were highs or certain lows, you know, what are the, what comes to mind just as the biggest memories uh, looking back on that stuff? Well, in fact, uh, having this, uh, a lot of races done, it's difficult to, which one I choose, but if I have to choose from ultra racing, uh, I, I want to choose, uh, one in Europe is UTMB. Mm. I love mm -hmm. to be around Mont Blanc, Chamonix, going to Switzerland, well, Italy, Switzerland, and then France again. So you visit three countries. Uh, you have a lot of spectators. It's amazing. The, the ambience is, is the yep. Tour of France of the ultra running in, in yeah, Europe, yeah. you know. Yep. It's, it's a big event. And then being part of it once a life, it's perfect. It's great. Mm -hmm. But in, in USA, I love Hard Rock. Hard Rock for me was one of the yep. best. It's the problem that you are in a lottery, so you are you don't know if you can participate. And you, I tried two times, and then I, I think the third time I, I came in, so it was a very good luck to be yep. there. But when you are there, you are only 150. Uh, you know, and you feel that the organizers take care of you all the time. Yep. So it's a race made for the runner. It's yeah. not uh, the runner that gives the money for leave the organizers. You know, you have the feeling that you are not a monkey, that yeah. you are not one of uh, one bit more. No, you are a racer and they take care of you a lot. It's yeah. risky. It's technical. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard. So yeah. Silverton and all around, it's really uh, high altitude. So you yeah. have to be prepared. And also with good skills, with ropes, with snow, with everything. Yep. And uh, it's a long one, but it's, it's beautiful. And so Hard Rock yeah. for me was one of the best. And if you ask Killian also, because he, when he had to repeat or when he had to choose his calendar, always was, he was putting Hard Rock on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even if he was racing for more than once, uh, because he normally he doesn't need to repeat because he has yeah, all the yeah. races he wants to choose yep. and he also was Hara was one of his favorites as as, as mine yep. and uh, um, remembering adventure racing I love the Mexican format that it was uh, 12 hours then 24 then 6 hours so yep. 3 yep. days of different hours it was mm -hmm. great and also at the end of, of, of the day, you had uh, the opportunity to see the other teams, mm -hmm. how was the, yep. uh, the stage and everything. Yep. Yes. Ceremony and also with the party. Going on stage. <laughs> the last, those, exactly. those were fun, the last man. They, God, they know how yes. to party in, in Mexico, that's for sure. <laughs> exactly. So Hidalgo was, was the good remembering. Mm -hmm. uh, but of course, for me, the, the, the big ones were Echo Challenge and Right Boulevard were yep. my favorites because of everything the yep. organizers the yep. logistical the countries that they choose to race with yep. um and also i love to race in new zealand yep also i think it's um, one of my favorite countries is new zealand and then argentina mm. because of the the nature and the wilderness you yep. know to visit some wild places for me yep. it's, it's amazing yep so 
what can I say, Travis? I have a lot that I loved, uh, but these particular ones for me were, were great organizers and, and great races. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. So good to hear. And, and Killian, of course, who you talked about, that's Killian Journey, who, who may be familiar to listeners who know about mountain running and ski mountaineering, ultra running. Have, Killian is from um, near your house, I think. Yes, have you known? Live, yes. Yeah. Have you, <laughs> you know, did, did you guys know Killian like when he was a kid? Was he kind of on the, yes. on the yes, radar? Yes, he was 12, 12 years yep. old. Uh, he was helping me from 12 to 13. I think he was helping me in building a wire, a woman international adventure race, because I was mm. organizing a, an adventure race only for women. Yeah. But one year, uh, Rebecca and Danielle came yeah, to okay. race because mm-hmm. they were on the way, I think, from a Salomon uh, World Cup uh, circuit. And then they mm-hmm. visit Catalonia and they raced the woman international. And Killian was... Uh, putting all the flags from the interior uh, section oh, cool. all over the mountains. And wow. he was so fast and he was yeah. really young. And yeah. with his mother, because we were friends with, with Killian's mom, and then I, I met Killian. Mm-hmm. He was, yes, Emma, I, I can help you. Perfect for me. Which are the flags I have to put on? And yeah. in nothing he was putting in. It was so, so nice. And from oh, there, wow. so from when he was 12 and 13 years old, mm-hmm. I... I met him and, and we keep and we kept the to being friends. We yeah, yeah, yeah. I I tell you, I mean, I everyone from Catalonia that I've met, I've I've liked, and I don't know Killian too well, but but my memories of of him seeing him out there, he just seems like you know a, a nice, approachable, normal guy who's he very perfect. Yes, very He's grounded. A guy. Yeah. Yes, very, very humil. Yep. He loves what he does, and he doesn't need the recognition from mm-hmm. the others. So. Yep. He, in fact, he doesn't like to have many people over him. So yep. he's more shy than being a public person. Yeah. But yep. uh, from the beginning through now, he, uh, well, uh, at the end, you are more used with the people. But in the beginning, he's definitely um, had a lot of media and, and stuff over, yes. the, over the years. Yes. And that actually reminds me of the, another uh, favorite memory of mine was the hard rock that, that, that you did. I think was that 2016 mm-hmm. or 17, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. and, and one with uh, Killian and Jason Schlarb tied yes. for the win. And, yes. and one of my, uh, I just, that night, it stands out to me as well as, as a great memory. Cause I, um, was out there to, to pace you and I drove, um, way out to the end of this dirt road in the middle of the night to the aid station and, you know, got there and I'm getting ready. And that's when Killian and, and Jason came through and they paused at the aid station and, you know, Jason's kind of doing his thing, getting his gear already. And Killian's just sitting there hanging out, you know, chatting with, with one of the volunteers and he could have just, he could have just been some guy, you know, sitting there, he was eating a bar, or, you know, a sandwich or something and just so nonchalant and, and just really cool. Keep calm. Yeah. <laughs> a true you know pro um at uh, at his work and and then you and i had a great night out there as well it was it was epic like you yes. said man just cold challenging i remember we were kind of you know uh trekking along this trail and all of a sudden we we fell into this water it was a beaver pond Wolf. you know that Wolf. that uh, like we didn't see it coming it, yes. yeah this beaver pond Wolf. had kind of you know engulfed the trail there and we we're yes. right about tree line and it was so cold and especially for you you know you i'd been you know hanging out all day but you've been running all day so you're you're very depleted and and we really had to do some um you know kind of last yes. minute emergency 
increasing yes. maintenance of let's get the warm clothes yes. on and keep moving. And, um, you know, I think that it, like it was a good time to have a team, you know, and be able to help completely, each other. And, completely. Yeah, make it, Luckily, make, I have yeah. you and also <laughs> the organizers led us to have a baser because in that yep. situation and in those moments, you need someone uh, close yep. to you just in case because yeah. it's really hard. Yeah, and exactly. it's hard, you know, when you're, especially when you're the racer, it's hard to think straight or, you know, to, to know, okay, do I, am I going to take the time to stop and put the warm clothes on? Or, you know, when you're freezing yes. like that, it can yes. be, it's yes. hard to take off your wet yes. shirt. And, you know, anyway, that was, what a cool memory. And, 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 to think properly, you know, yes, your mind is completely out. You, you cannot mm -hmm. think properly. Everything is like a big mountain. Yeah. Uh, you have a lot of problems in inside you and then uh, you have to be realistic and let's go, Emma. Let's go, yep. keep on going. And, and with you, we, we suffered in, in that hard rock. Also, when we arrived to that assistance, Shane Siegel, your teammate in PT, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yes. told us that Anna Frost was only three minutes ahead. So it, we were rushing to catch That's her. right. Yeah, there, there was a slight... <laughs> to arrive and... and exactly. And, and she was 13, not three minutes, but yes. it's okay. Shane told us, she's really close. Let's go, yep. Emma. Go push her. And the yeah. last section in Harrock, for me, was oh, so hard because we just push up us yep. a lot. We, we just gave another gear, oh, like, yeah. let's go, boom. Yeah. And my goodness, we arrived and I arrived completely dead. Yep. And also I had another experience completely dead with you in Leadville, 10 days <laughs> before finishing. Okay. That's with true. Lisa. That's the one where, where I had a, I had a problem, the, you know, in, in the hard so rock one. Problem. Yeah. In the hard yeah. rock, you were pushing hard. You'd been in second all day. Anna Frost was in the lead and man, I could not believe him how fast you ran down that final descent, you know, long, long downhill. I mean, it was just full mentally, speed. Mentally, mentally. Oh yeah. And you know, running downhill. And competitive, and, competitive. Yep. And Anna ran a great race as well. You know, she was, she had to be pushing hard all the way to the end for you not to catch yes. her. But you know, that was, because that was she awesome. she was scared with me. She was yes. scared. Well, she, she was, yeah. Me. No. Yes. Because if Emma was behind her, yeah. She know that I never give up. I yep. never uh, take any chance to the others. I just fight till the end. And she knew that. Yep. And she was suffering till the end. Exactly. Oh, everyone was <laughs> suffering. I mean, that long, hard, cold night. So, I mean, hats off to both of you. And then, yeah, Leadville was kind of the other way around. This That was, I think, maybe 2014, um, where you came over to do Leadville. And again, we had a great family time. Just awesome to see you and David and the kids and see them growing up year after year. And uh, at, at Leadville, um, I, again, I I think I picked up with you the final marathon or so. We started at, at mm -hmm. Fish Hatchery and, uh, you mm -hmm. know, kind of going um, into the start of the night that time, you know, you're probably going to finish about midnight. So it wasn't all night long. Uh, but again, you had been in second all day long and we didn't know where was the leader. Could we catch him? And, and I, I remember- It was amazing. My, my yeah. favorite uh, remembering was when you told me, yes, the first girl is in front. And I said, no, Travis, it's impossible. Lisa Howard, it's far away. No, Emma, she's in front. And I said, it's not possible. <laughs> and, then, yep. and then my face changed, you know? It was like, okay, Travis, I know you, have, you are having trouble, but let's go. Let's, <laughs> yeah. And, oh, and yeah. you said, you said uh, slow down a little just recover a little of energy and then we have to pass her really fast mm -hmm. and then she would she will see us really strong and yep. 
and I remember that when we passed through her, I just asked her, are you okay? And she had, well, I had, but I asked her, and one month ago now, when she she made me an interview for Iron Far. Oh, she did? Okay. She said, yeah. yes, and she said, Emma, I remember you in Leadville that you asked me for my help, and I'm really proud and, 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 and happy that, that you were asking me, because yeah. when, I, when you pass through me, you are really strong, fast, and consistent and yeah, yeah. it was not that true because with you it was a strategy well sometimes there's a bit of a bluff but yeah and she uh, and that's, again that's liza howard who is a very experienced ultra runner you know d- done very well at many races and you know she she had run a great race and she just went through a low patch um which yes. uh, of course ironically me as the pacer within minutes of of passing her and her pacer who who ended up being i didn't even know at the time her pacer was brandy airholtz who's a great friend of mine and and my <laughs> uh, my co-conspirator at, at macy endurance coaching i didn't even know brandy was at their pacing until afterwards but anyway we passed them and a couple minutes later, I, I went way downhill. You know, I, I hadn't, you, you forget pacing, like you got to take care of yourself too. And so I started puking and I was, man, I was really hurting. Like I had to, I had to dig deep to stay with you to the finish. And, and in my mind, I'm going, you know, oh, I'm the, you know, I'm the local guy. I'm supposed to have the, the, the knowledge of the course. And here I am. I can't even keep up. And uh, boy, it was, it was a hard, no, no, it was, but it was amazing experience. And also one thing that we, we've done, I don't know if you remember, is that we switch off the headlamps mm-hmm. when we passed there yep. and, and the pacer that she had, we, we yep. just switch off because then she couldn't realize how much distance we were ahead of yeah, them. Yeah, because we so weren't too far ahead. It was ahead. another strategy yeah. that we were using. Yes, yep. we were another, not too far. So it was a good strategy old adventure that we were from adventure racing. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, so, man. That was, was, so that was fun, Emma. I'm just, I'm so glad we got to have those experiences together. And, and it just, I, yeah. for me, these kind of things, they, they tell you the, you know, the truth about why do you go out and do these, these challenging races by choice, you know, it's, it's to build resilience. It's to have the relationships, uh, you know, what exactly. years later, you know, did you win? Did you lose? Were you second place? Were, were you Whatever. the athlete or the pacer? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those things, it's, it's like, it doesn't really matter that much as you, you just, you exactly. went out there. It's experience. Yeah. It's what you take out at home, what you take back, you yeah. know, uh, all these experiences are amazing. It's the mm-hmm. great school and we have great families around like yours, you know. Um, we, we, we built uh, a big family around the world with mm-hmm. big experiences. Also in Fiji last year, oh, uh, yeah. well, two years ago, because it was yep. in, in, in September <laughs> 2019. Yep. But it was like, wow, um, it's not just a competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah, much that, more. Yeah, it was such a such a community. And you know, I think Emma, maybe that brings us to the next, the next big challenge in your life. You've, you've built all this resilience and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was saying earlier, like the Alzheimer's thing in our family that really came out like a big surprise. I know, um, you know, this cancer stuff, that was probably a pretty big yes. surprise for you. What, I don't know. What should, what should we know? know? What's the journey? What's the journey been like? It's, it was after defending my PhD, after coming back from Fiji, 
uh, we came back on October 2019, and then I prepared a lot my my defense of the yep. PhD in December 2019, and then the body relaxed. Mm-hmm. I had a big year, great competitions, great achievement of finishing my PhD in biochemistry and engineering. And then in January 2020, it started mm-hmm. some problems with the vulva and, and some uh, itchy and, and painful and what happens? And the yep. doctor said, don't worry, just put some creams and let's see. And worse and worse. And then the COVID, everything closed. Yeah. I, I couldn't arrive to the doctors in the border because one of the doctors was from Andorra, that is a country near Catalonia, but yeah. I couldn't cross because oh, of COVID. Wow. And so uh, I just tried to visit more than five specialists in gynecologists and nobody, just some creams, some creams, some creams. And after five months of pain, six weeks of not moving at the bed, I was in bed, Travis, oh, and man. I couldn't even breathe because wow. of the pain it was amazing yeah. i never had this pain in my body and also because i i am very uh how you say resilience i have a lot perhaps i just suffer more pain than perhaps another woman that could be uh perhaps another another person or another woman uh, she would be before to the, she would gone before to the hospital. Yeah, you know? it's a different pain. I was suffering more in yeah. myself that I can't, I can't do, I can't do. This yeah. will fix, this will be fixed. And yep. no, because it was a carcinome. But yeah. I didn't know that it was a carcinome. You know, yeah. you, you think that it's a, just an epithelial problem, that it's, yeah. it's from the skin, from the yep. vulvar skin. So it's a problem that perhaps is due to the sport, due yep. to Fiji, due to some. Uh, ungos so to some infection from there you know i did some some blood test also to see what what can be in the blood and and, and produce this pain yeah and at the end a specialist from barcelona after five months of searching what was happening he said mm-hmm. i'm sorry i remember you have a cancer and i said what yeah. cancer does yeah. it exist Wow. I says, what happens? Uh, yeah. Because it's very uncommon. And and he said, the specialist said, I'm sorry because it's only take, uh, we are the reference hospital of this type of cancers and we only have 12 cases per year. Wow. And also only uh, people from over 70 years or 80 years old. And wow. I said, what? I was 46. What yeah. happens? And then he said, we don't know. Um, it's a lottery. And and then me in my inside me it, it was like a change like wow we are vulnerable yeah. we thought that we could fight Mortality. for everything yeah yes yeah. We, we 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 are normal people and we the line yeah. is really thin Absolutely. from being healthy and unhealthy yeah. and it made me wow a, a big change in in my mind and priorities now i stay more with the family i just stepped uh I just made a step back to some businesses. I yep. don't want to um, put all the energy in, in some things that they don't give me what I think now I need. So I, I, my priorities change. Yep. And also, uh, well, they make, make me a, a surgery, a very important surgery because yep. it's a bulbectomy you, they take a lot of tissue over yeah. and also the yeah. all the lymphatic uh, glands so they take all lymphatic stuff also yep. and then they gave me chemo and radio so i had two, two months of of treatment after the surgery of 
chemotherapy and radiotherapy. But due to being fit, due to being really tough mentally, my body recovered really fast. Yeah. Uh, I'm, now I'm doing 15, 20 hours per week of physical activity, not pushing wow. hard. I don't yeah. need to push hard. Yep. I just do normal physical activity, but two hours per day minimum. Yep. And I feel good. I can good. bike again, yep. run, walk, ski. And my body recovered a lot. I have some controls now because they saw some parts of the lung with perhaps some cells. So they are having controls because it's not easy to get out of this club. No, yeah. especially yeah. when you have a carcinoma of stage yeah. three from four stages. So I, I arrived to the hospital with a very advanced uh, situation, but my body and my mind are, let's go, let's fight for whatever now it can come after this treatment and yep. being active every day, Travis. And with the doctors, when, when I talk with them, they say, uh, it's a pity that all the other people that we are treating like you, they don't do the physical activity like you are doing because yeah. it's really wow. important with, for Kick, the body. Kick starts the healing, huh? Yeah. Yes. And wow. the Im immunity system, it enhances when you do this uh, activity just um health activity not pushing hard just doing some yep. some physical movement and it's amazing how your body responds uh, how it answers imagine yeah. after six hours surgery the day after i was having my own shower in the hospital with the uh, well i have the nurse with me just taking care of i was okay yeah. But I was having a shower alone wow. with, with a seat. And they said, how can you stand up of your bed? You have been, uh, uh, last, last night you were in, the, in, in a big surgery and, yeah. and, and the day after you are having a shower. You know, yeah. it's like by yourself. It was like, yeah. wow, amazing. And it's the body, how it responds. And also the doctors, yeah. when they said, when we opened you, we, see, we saw exactly what we had to take out. Because you have a body with not excess of, um, of uh, lipids, you know, yep. you, you are thin enough to, to, to look yeah. everything wow. and, and your body is, yeah. you know, like perfect yeah. to, to yeah. search for this type of cancer. And <laughs> wow. I said, well, luckily, <laughs> luckily yeah. we have a good body for that. Wow. And yeah. now I'm, I'm recovering well, I'm recovering good, but they have some more controls. Perhaps they, they have to do some more treatment because they yep. saw little parts of the body that when, when it goes to the lymph lymphatic, the lymphatic system yep. so it's it's difficult and, and and it can come again but i want to fight and yeah i am thinking about the next eco challenge so yeah, good. no problem good for you Emma. <laughs> you're you're on the journey you're you're fighting the battle i man i just gotta say i'm i'm so thankful on a personal level just that that early on you persevered in finding the diagnosis you know not you know it seems like you intuited that something more was was wrong and and you you persevered through that i remember talking with with you and david during that period and you know just the again un, uncertainty um yes. and, and yes. i imagine exactly probably, Exactly, nope. like the COVID, it was at the same time. Yeah. Oh, right yeah. now also with 2021, it's not certain what will happen. And also with my yep. health situation, we have to see after some months and some years what would happen with the, the 
the bad cells, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then let's see, let's see. In fact, I am building a book, Travis, this oh, is good. a premiere. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm doing a book from the experience of uh, bulbar carcinoma and, and what happens hey, uh, with everything. Yeah. Just to show the people that exist this type of cancer and also as a, as a sport woman, what can happen if, if you wear uh, wrong clothing or you yep. have a lot of friction, how yep. to take care also the sexuality and also the uh, doctors that yeah. uh, treat me, yep. that also they will, they will write a chapter about talking about this type of, of, of problem. So for, oh, good. for women- so, so good, um, yeah. And, and especially, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you talk about a, a topic like this or mental health or, you know, these things that, that often people don't talk about because of, you know, stigma or whatever, we're, we're not comfortable. Exactly. Like it's so- exactly. Yeah, it's so so important. So Emma, when that book comes out, we're we're doing another podcast. Uh, we're gonna we're, we're gonna talk about <laughs> okay. it. And and I know for for me, I I hope this is true for you. I think the writing process can be part of the the healing yes. and the catharsis, yes. really. And that's something you know. My my dad and I work we're, we're kind of we're still trying to get this book out there, talking about the the Alzheimer's experience. And that's perfect. You know, it's that's been perfect. helpful for me to. Um, you know, revisit some of those very low yes. moments, yes. Um, you know, to process yes. through them or to, to show other people like, Hey man, you had yeah, these, exactly. you had exactly. these way you, low moments, but it's, it, 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 exactly. it never always gets it worse. You. Like, it can get better. Yeah. Completely. And it, because I'm not, I'm not writing a book to be a bestseller. No, mm -hmm. it's, it's uh, an exercise for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and to show the others and, and to be useful because I said, why it happened to me? It happened for something. There's yeah. a reason for everything. Yep. Yep. So why not to show what happened and to help others if yep. they have the same problem, but not because I want to sell a lot. I don't care. Yep. I, I just want to do something useful also for me first and then for the others. And, yep. and you are, you are true. It's, yep. it's an introspective ex exercise. It's, it's, it's looking what happens with you and all these feelings that are new or are you forget something. And, and I remember in the hospital writing all my yeah. feelings. And, yeah. and when I was the two months of treatment and I did some videos while the chemotherapy was inside my body. So it's like to, to keep on the memories and also to help me to be better and, yeah. and to improve my yeah. lowing down yeah. No, it does. I, I, know, I know for me, sometimes when I'm, you know, doing a motivational talk or, you know, talking to someone who's struggling, it's like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm saying things to them, but I'm also, I'm saying it to me too. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta say these things to yourself, whether it's uh, in your exactly. head or out exactly. loud, you know, we all, we all need that voice. And sometimes there's, sometimes there's a strong negative voice as well, but we gotta, you gotta counteract it, yes. you know? That's true. That's yeah. true. And, and I'm also, I, I'm, I'm very proud of you and, and, and your father. And, and when we were together in Fiji, for me, was a great time. And, and I'm, I'm still crying when I'm thinking about when yeah. you began to race with your father, that I was also there in the beginning of adventure racing. And then in 2019, to have you again together, and, yeah. and especially with, with the Alzheimer. And I said, wow, it's amazing. Yep. And and how you share the situation and, 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 and how you both uh, are an example of, of family and, and how can you pass through these uh, obstacles, you know? 
Well, th- thanks, Emma. It, it, yeah, it, it meant so much to have you guys there, to have David there, to have, you know, just the adventure racing community. So many of these people you've mm-hmm. known over the years. And, and to also, I, f- for me, that race, it was a lot of exactly what you said, where this, this adversity that comes, you know, not by choice. Hopefully we've, we've been doing these races, you know, doing the, the challenges. Hopefully those help us fill this well of resilience that we can draw from because adversity that you don't face by choice, it is going to come, whether it's cancer or Alzheimer's or, you know, exactly. loss. Exactly. You don't choose it. You don't choose it. It comes. Yeah, it these comes. things are going to happen. And, and part of the ir- irony, I think, with, with this adversity that comes out of nowhere, sometimes is the gratitude. Hopefully, uh, you know, there can be this gratitude, like you said, the gratitude for more time with family or maybe slowing down a little bit on on the business front. You know, for me, the gratitude of just being out there at a race with my dad, you know, regardless of what place we finish in or whether or not we finish just to, just to be there and and do that or the grand with him. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so many of us in COVID, you know, you know, hopefully there's this light at the end of the tunnel. I know I have this newfound gratitude for being able to go to a race and be out there with the community and, you know, something I took for granted for many years, man, I'm going to be pumped just to do a race and be out there with like-minded people outside. That's going to be awesome. Exactly. It's a, it's, it's a way of life. It's, it's a big school, all the experiences that you can share with, with your teammates, with your family, especially you with your father that you can race with your father. Um, not many teams or teammates can say that. So it's like, wow, it's, it's amazing to, to have these experiences together and, and put it in a, in a big island or in a, in a great landscape in nature that we are part of nature. We love nature, like you living in Evergreen and then changing and you are always in contact like me in the Pyrenees. We were always in contact with nature and we need it oh, for yeah. our day life. Yeah, absolutely. And then to, to, to enjoy sharing these and, and, and to have these experiences, for, of yep. course, for me, it's, yep. it's amazing. Uh, we are, we are lucky to have yeah, this abs- type of life. Yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely, Emma. Yep. Regardless of the adversity that 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 may come, um, man, Emma, I appreciate this so much. You're, you know, as you know, you're 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 like my my older sister, and I I just I hope that we can um, you, you know come back to getting our our families together. I hope uh, you know your daughter Irina is is I, wish that. I yes. hope she can come over you know for soccer camp or something and yes completely and also i want to do my i i'm I'm searching to do my my postdoc because i was looking for different places to do my postdoctorate but with covid and then with my cancer i just uh uh, standed by uh, but just for a while but i want to come back for sure we love well, if, if anyone hears this who's running a postdoc program uh, somewhere in the States or especially in Colorado, let us let us know. And that, that would, if you did a postdoc, would that be in biochemistry again? I know that's what your PhD is in. Do you have, do you hope to study, yeah, and, you know, yes. athletes? And in the or, website, they can, they can take the, 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 my PhD, it's, it's open. So you can just land it from, from my website in, in the scientific part in the web. There's a link. And then they can see what, what I was. Oh, cool. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend it. And that's something, you know, I, I, I didn't get into as much today, but you know, I always, I really enjoyed as you were going through that process, hearing about the the studies. And I know you, you did some groundbreaking research on, 
ultra runners, as far as, you know, taking blood tests and stuff during races and seeing kind of what breakdown was happening. And I, and back, back to Killian, I remember you saying at one race, you know, Oh, everyone else, you know, kind of looks like they've had a heart attack or gotten hit by a car or something. And, and Killian appears to, you know, be out here for uh, her recovery. Amazing. Or something. Amazing. It was the lactate. It was the lactic acid, you know, yep. after a marathon, after a mountain marathon, he was nearly two only millimoles of acetaclet, but it's yep. normal. Yeah. And most of the terrenal and mortal people was yeah. 10, 12, you know, wow. <laughs> <laughs> he was two. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Wow. <laughs> See, he was an outlier in my thesis. Killian yeah. was an outlier. I couldn't put him in because all the results wow. were out of of the media out of yeah, the yeah. average <laughs> wow and that in in the website just so people can check out i, I think it's emmaroca.com right mm-hmm. yeah correct and now it's brand new because okay. some uh, great engineers from 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 the university that I, that I defend my my thesis they helped me to to put uh, on uh, a new web Good. Well, I, I hope some people check it out Amazon uh, on Instagram as well. And um, what else? Twitter, Facebook, all those things you can find, Emma. A playlist original. All right, folks. Well, uh, I hope you enjoyed hearing from my friend Emma as much as I did. You know, every time I talk to Emma, I just come away from it feeling uh, inspired and resilient and uh, she's just she's a great person to uh, to have in my life um, I'm always learning from Emma um, I think that uh, I can say that we as a community wish her the best with the cancer journey uh, you know the future of world's toughest race eco challenge is uncertain at the moment but uh, I tell you what if if another eco challenge comes along I will expect to see Emma at the starting line and uh, I'm going to be super excited to be out there with her all right guys uh, have a great week Um, as always if you have a moment to rate review and subscribe to the podcast we would really appreciate it Uh, looking forward to Another great episode next week. It's a fun interview with uh, Peter Stetna. He's a former pro tour cyclist at the highest level who is now doing the privateering thing as a gravel rider. And also Robbie Day, uh, a fantastic young man who I happen to know. He's a high school senior at Evergreen High School. Um, one of the best young cyclists in the country right now. And uh, I had a lot of fun talking with Pete and Robbie. Um, and uh, it was great to, great to hear Pete's perspective and, and to uh, be able to connect him with a fantastic young rider. All right, have a good one, and uh, we'll catch you next time. <laughs>